Jewish audio on Chabad.org. With the help of Hashem, we are learning by Daf Kuf Yud Aleph. We left off at the end of the second line on the top of the Amid. The Gemara is referring back to the Mishnah. Nosan asakesev So quickly reviewing, we're learning the dinim of the Asham Zelois. A person takes a false oath to deny any type of monetary obligation. Then the person admits that he took this false oath. Torah tells us both at the end of Parshas Vayikra and in Parshas Nosai that the person has to return to the victim, the principal, the Keren, and add on it a halachic fifth and bring a carbon asham. Now the Mishnah also taught us that the carbon asham is only going to be accepted if the person already paid back the Keren. And the way the Mishnah taught this din, let me quickly read the Mishnah and Kufiud, this part of the Mishnah. I'm not sure if we, if we read it out yesterday. Maybe we skipped the line, but let's read it right now. It says the Mishnah like this. When they divided eventually, B'yemei, Shmuel, and David, the Kahanim, into 24 groups, every group had a name. It was named by its head of the Mishmar. And in the cycle of the 24 groups, the group number one was called the group of Yehoyadiv. So the Mishnah says that Asham I'm going back to the Mishnah Daf Kufiud. In other words, first the person gave the Kahanim the Karban Asham. That's the wrong order. And then the Kesav they gave to group number two. The second group in the cycle of 24 was called Yedayam. So the Mishnah said, Im Kayam Asham. If the members of Yehoyadiv did not offer it yet, so the carbon is still there, Yakrivuhu Bnei Yedaya, then the Bnei Yedaya should bring it. Now there's a Chiddush in the Mishnah here. Well, now we, it's a given that first the money has to be received, at least the Keren, and then only then can the Asham be brought. One might have thought that being that he gave it, he gave the carbon to Yehoyadiv, let them keep the carbon, they can't bring it. The next week, Yedayah will accept the money, okay? And then the Arshan has to be brought. But let's not forget that this chus of bringing the carbon, and also the, pashat, the, the benefits of eating the meat, of getting the hide, is given to the members of that Mishmar. Maybe the Bnei Yehoyarev can hold on to this animal for another 23 weeks. They'll keep it. They're not going to bring it now. They got it. They're bringing it, if they would bring it in 23 weeks after the Bnei Yedai accepted the money, then the sequence would be correct. First the money was received, huh? Because it has to be after the money was received. So they received the carbon a week earlier, but they didn't bring it. So you might have thought, okay, perfect, they didn't bring it. The next week the Bnei Yedai, they now received the money. The Asham has to be brought afterwards, okay, let the Bnei Yedai keep it for until their turn. So the Mishnah says we penalize them, being that they received the carbon asham before that robber gave back the money, they shouldn't have received it. So we tell the Bnei Yehoyadev, now you give this carbon to the Bnei Yedaya, and the Bnei Yedaya are the ones that offer it. And they are the ones that have the schos of the mitzvah, they are the ones that eat the meat, they are the ones that get the height. That's what the Mishnah said. Now if the Bnei Yehoyadev, the Mishnah says, if they offered it, they pushed it, offered it. So then there's nothing the robber can do other than bringing another carbon. Okay, that is what we had in the Mishnah. So now the Gemara here is referring back to the Mishnah. Again, Nasan asakesev liyahayariv, vechulei, etc. If they didn't offer it, then they have to give up that animal to the Bnei Yedaya. 
That is what it says in the Mishnah. And apparently, or perhaps, there's going to be other Tanayim, there's going to be a Tana Rabbi Yehuda that seems to be saying otherwise. Says the Gemara, quoting Abraisa. Tana Rabbanim, we learned in Abraisa. It seems to be the case of the Mishnah. The Asham was given to week number one, and then the Kesav was given to Yidayam, says the Tanakam and this Braisam, which is Rabbi Yehuda, Yachzer Kesav Eitzel Asham. The opposite, that Yidaya should give the money to the Bnei Yehoyariv and Fakert. So now, Bnei Yehoyariv got the money, and now they can bring the Karman Asham. These are the words of Rabbi Yehuda. Again, apparently, not like the Tan of our Mishnah. The Chachamim say, Yachzer Asham Eitzel Kesav, that the Karman Asham should be given to where the money is, Apparently, yes, like our Mishnah. Which means the Bnei Yehoyarev, they give the animal to the Bnei Yedaya. End of quote. Says the Gemara, hey chidami, ilema, what is this Braise referring to? Ilema di Yehoyarev lei asham li Yehoyarev, di mishmarte di Yehoyarev. That the asham was given week number one to that mem- to the members of that Mishmar. The Bnei Yehoyarev. And v'kesev li Yedaya, bi mishmarte di Yedaya. And then this person, the next week, Gave the money, the robber gave the money the next week to the Mishmar who was then working the Bnei Yedayim. So asks the Gemara on the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda, why would Rabbi Yehuda say that the people who got the money should have to give them the money to the Bnei Yehoyariv? Why wouldn't he at least say, In other words, even if he won't agree with the Tan of our Mishnah, that the Bnei Yehoyariv are getting penalized, and they have to give the animal to the Bnei Yedayim, let at least each one keep whatever they got. Now, Rabbi Yehuda knows that the order has to be first the money, and then the Karban Asham has to be sacrificed. Of course, the Bnei Yehoyarev are not going to offer the Karban. But like we spoke out just when we relearned the Mishnah, the Bnei Yedayim gets the money, they got it in the second week, let's wait another 23 weeks, and then the Bnei Yehoyarev will bring the Karban. And everything would be good. The carbon was brought after the money was received. But again, even, even if he disagrees with the time of our Mishnah, why wouldn't he at least allow each one to, re, to, to keep what they got? So Rava is going to tell you that the case of this Braisa is not like the case of our Mishnah. And therefore Rabbi Yehuda doesn't necessarily argue with the case of our Mishnah. Omar Rava, the case of the Braisa, the Yoav Asham liyehoyariv, that the carbon ashram was given to Yehoyarev, b'mishmarti di Yehoyarev. So far, so good. And v'kesev li yedaya b'mishmarti di Yehoyarev. And then the same robber told, told the members of Yehoyarev, I don't want to give everything to you. The carbon is yours, but he gave to them on week number one money, and he told them, this money is not for you, this money is for the next week. So here, Rabbi Yehuda holds that the Kivan, the Lav, the Mishmeres, the Yedayahu, he, since right now is not the week of Yedayam, therefore, each one, each Mishmar did something wrong. What was the wrong of Yehoyarev? That they got, that they took the carbon, even they received the carbon before the money was given. That alone is a mistake. What did Bnei Yedayah do wrong? Bnei Yedayah, shouldn't have allowed themselves to receive the money when they're not even working there. So now that each one made a mistake, the question is, which one will be penalized? In our Mishnah, we're speaking about, he gave the carbon to Yehoyarev. B'mishmarto Yehoyarev. He gave the money to Yedaya, b'mishmarto Yedaya. 
In our Mishnah, the Bnei Yedaya did nothing wrong. They were working, they got the money. As far as they knew, the money has to be given before the carbon was brought. So they got the money, they thought the carbon now will be given. Then they discovered he gave the animal the previous week. In our Mishnah, the only ones that made the mistake was the Bnei Yehoyarif. So in our Mishnah, it says you penalize the Bnei Yehoyarif. They have to give the animal to Bnei Yedaya. Here, they both did something wrong. So the question is, which wrong is a greater wrong? That's the Machlaikas Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim. So Rabbi Yehuda holds Liyadaya Kansinoli. And he holds Hilchach, Yachzir, Kesav, Eitzelosham. That they have to give the money, the Bnei Yedaya, to the members of Yehoyarev. Which also makes more sense because right now, the Bnei Yehoyarev are working. So why should we delay anything? Since we're penalizing them, it works out perfectly. They give the money to that members, they actually keep it. No, it's not that physically the Bnei Yadai gives it back to them. They were not even there. They took the money. Yeah, they took the money during the wrong week. So give it to the Bnei Yadif. Very good. And the Rabbanon hold. Yeah, the Bnei Yadai did something wrong, but Yadif also did something wrong. Because the members, the Kahanim should know, don't take a Karban, Hasham Gezeloys, before the Karen was paid. So this is the greater wrong. That Savri Shalaikidin who Avid Bnei Yehoyarev, the Bnei Yehoyarevs, so to say, did the greater wrong. The Kiblu Asham, because they, got, they took the carbon, even though they didn't bring it, but they received the carbon, Mikamik Castle, before the money was received. We penalized the Bnei Yehoyarev. And even in this case, in the Braisa, the Yachzir Asham, Eitzel Kasev. So they're told to wait a week, and when the Bnei Yedaya week kicks in, they give to them the money that was meant for Bnei Yedaya. That's what the robber said. And they give the Asham also to Bnei Yedaya. And the Bnei Yedaya, now that they receive the money, can bring the carbon Asham. Okay. Very good. In other words, Rabbi Huda would be Maida that in the case of our Mishnah, that when the only Mishnah that did wrong was Bnei Yehoyarev, he agrees with our Mishnah. That Yehoyarev has to give the carbon to the Bnei Yedaya. Now, Tanya, we learned in Abraisa. Here also, Rebbe is going to qualify, which means he's going to limit the opinion of Rebbe Yehuda. That Amar Rebbe, Rebbe says that Ladivre Rabbi Yehuda, according to the opinion of Rebbe Yehuda, Im Kadmu Bnei If they received the Asham, not only did they receive it, they actually brought it, they sacrificed it. And as we spoke out in the Mishnah, the Asham's kapara cannot go into actuality. It doesn't achieve its purpose if the money was not yet given, if the keren was not yet received. So yachzir v'yavi, Asham acher, the robber has to bring another karban Asham. Now when should he bring it? So Rebbe says, And here that he has to bring it anyway, he gives it to whom? To Bnei Yedaya. Now in the Braisot says that Rabbi Yehuda penalizes the Bnei Yedaya. Everything has to be given to Bnei Yehoyarev. Here Rabbi is saying that even Rabbi Yehuda's Maida, that the Bnei Yedaya will get everything. Why? Because here the Bnei Yehoyarev did a greater avla. What was the greater avla? Not only did they accept it before the Karen was given, they actually were makrevit. So you see clearly again that it's about who did the greater wrong and accordingly that is the one that gets the penalty. And v'zachu halalu. And halolu meaning the Bnei Yedaya, I'm sorry, v'zochah halolu meaning the Kahanim of Bnei Yehoyarev, who offered an Asham wrongly, at least there's Zaycha, but that which they have. To which the Gemara right away asks, 
One second. We are learning that the asham is only valid if it was offered after the money was received. If the Bnei Yoyarev offered it, this is an animal that's possible. Now we're going to learn in Kachim, God willing, that whenever an animal becomes disqualified, there were various fires in the Azara, outside the Azara, where Psulei HaMikdashim needed to be burnt. So asks the Gemara, Amri, Lamai Chazi, you're telling me that the Bnei Yoyarev at least will be Zoycha, with the, with the carbon that they brought, how? Asham Pasalu, it's a disqualified Asham, it has to be burned. What are they exactly are they zeichen? Answers the Gemara, Rav clarified, even though we learned yesterday and two days ago that there was a link between the Basar and the Oir. So one should not say that when the Basar is disqualified, the Oir has to be burned. That not. Whoever gets the Basar gets the Oir. Now, if the baser becomes disqualified, we still make the link. Whoever would have gotten the baser gets the oir. So the Bnei Yehoyarev at least get the hide, which has a lot of value, of the carbon ashram that became possible. Tanya, we learned in another b'raisa. Again, Amar Rebbe. Rebbe is clarifying further the opinion of Rebbe Yehuda. That Rebbe says, L'divrei Rebbe Yehuda im kayam ashram. If the ashram was not brought, so then yachzer ashram eitzel kesev, the ashram should be given to where the money is. Now, he's saying mamish, the opposite of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi is saying what it says in our Mishnah. Bnei Yoyarev, give it to Bnei Yedaya. So they asked, says the Gemara of Rabbi Yehuda, said the opposite. He said, Yachzer Kesev, Eitzel Hashem Yisleh. He says that the Yedaya Nicks are the ones that have to give the money up. Answers the Gemara. Not that the case of this Bryce is like the Mishnah. No. We're going to go better. The case of the Braiser, Rabbi Yehuda opined in the case of the Braiser. So the Ashram was given to the Bnei Yehoyarev. The money was given during the week of Yehoyarev to Yedaya. Same case. So, so they both made a mistake. Rabbi Yehuda holds that the Bnei Yedayaniks made a bigger mistake. They should have given the money to the Bnei Yehoyarev. But the Bnei Yehoyarev did not ask for the money. That's the case of this Rebbe. That happened, Hakam Ha'eskin, and going to Nafek Mishmar to the Yehoyarev. That week came, that week left. The, 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 the Mishmar of Yehoyarev will learn it. They did not offer the Karban Asham because they knew the money wasn't accepted yet. They could have asked for the money, but they didn't. They didn't ask for the money. So says Rebbe, that the Achule Achilu Gabayu, that we understand them not asking as if they're Moichol the money. So now that they were Moichol the money, who gets the money? The Bnei Yedaya. So now Yedaya, the next week. So the next week, they give the money to Bnei Yedaya. So now that the next week came and they give it to the Bnei Yedaya, here says Rabbi Yehuda, they got the money, give them the animal. Don't make us wait another 23 weeks. According to Rabbi Yehuda, again, here it says the opposite. If the Asham was not brought wrongfully, then the money of Yedaya has to be given to the Bnei Yoyarev, which is exactly what Rabbi Yehuda says. It seems like he's pushing, repeating the words of Rabbi Yehuda, which also doesn't make sense. Who needs Rabbi to repeat the words of Rabbi Yehuda? Pshita, hachi isla. Yet that asks the Gemara. That's exactly what he said. answers the Gemara. mishmartam dahani udahani. No, no, no. Again, it's a different case. Asham to Bnei Yoyarev. He gave the money to Yedaya not during their week. Rabbi Yehuda holds Yedaya should have given the money to Bnei Yoyarev. That week came, that week left. The Bnei Yoyarev did not ask for the money. Now we learned the new Braisa that Rabbi said in the name of Rabbi Yehuda. Now that Yedaya has the money, 
Now Yedaya should have asked for the, for the carbon. But they also didn't ask. None of them asked of each other. So now says Rabbi Yehuda that Veloitavu, Umao de Tema, Achuli, Gabi, Hadadi, that each one was Michael for the other. So if such a case happened, each one should keep what they got. So the Bnei Yedaya got their money. That's a fact. And again, wait 23 weeks and then let the Yoyara bring the carbon. Kamash Malan, that the Amrinan, Kivan the Loitavi, since they did not ask of each other, Lahadru Beresha, the the original rule reverts back. And what was Rabbi Yehuda's original rule? That the Bnei Yedaya have to give the money to the Bnei Yehoyarev. Which means that Taka will wait the 23 weeks for the carbon to be brought. But they don't get to keep the money. Because now that both weeks went by, Rabbi Yehuda says that if both Mishmaris in this case made a mistake, the mistake of Yedaya is worse. They shouldn't have accepted the money when it wasn't even their Mishmar. And they're the ones that penalized and they give the money to the Bnei Yehoyariv. Then they have to wait 23 weeks to bring the Asha. And as the Mishnah spoke out, when a person returns his Gezela, the robbery, actually, if it was returned before the Asham was brought, the Mishnah says, good. And if not, Mamish not good. The Asham is not accepted if the Keren was not returned. And again, the Mishnah says that's only for the Keren. The Chaymish does not need to be returned before the Karban Asham. And we learned in Rashi yesterday in the Mishnah, but even according to Rashi, the Chaymish has to be given for the kapara to work. It kilo works retroactively. Well, the asham is kosher, but the chaymish has to be given, meaning that if the chaymish is never given, then the person doesn't have an atonement. V'chuli. Says the Gemara, from where do we know that money has to be given before the karban asham? Why? Maybe. Okay. You don't get a kapara until everything is done. But just like by the chaymish, you can bring the chaymish later, maybe you can give the kenan later. So Amar Rava, and this is learned out from the Psukim. The Amar Kra, again, we're going here again to the same Pasuk the Mishnah quoted, that's in Parshas Nasi, that's Bamidbar, Hey, Pasuk Ches. It says, Ha'asham, Hamushav, Lashem, Lakoyen. That the guilt, and as we spoke out yesterday, the word Asham here doesn't refer to the Karman Asham. It refers to the Keren money, that the guilty money is returned to God to the Koyen. Then it says, Milvad by Olav. Aside of, aside from the Karbanashim. And the Havamin and the Gemara here is that when the Torah uses the words Milvad, which means two things have to be done. And the Torah says, this has to be done. Aside of that, or aside from that, the aside from is future tense. Aside from the Karban means the Karban has to be done later. That's the Havamina in the understanding of Rava. And the Gemara is going to right away refute that. So Mechlal, if the word Milvad, aside from, is only in the future tense, so the Torah says clearly, first the Asham, meaning the money, and then the Ale, then the Ram, which is brought for the Asham, for the carbon Asham. Mechlal the Kesavirash. So when the Omar, without a name, when one of the Amoyraim heard the statement and misunderstood Rava, thinking Rava meant that the word Milvad, Aside from is always future tense. Whatever comes after the words milvad has to be done later. It's Elamayata, and here he's quoting a pasuk in Parshas Pinchas, 
when the Torah begins telling us that the Karbanis that are brought on the Yom Tovim, beginning with the Yom Tov of Pesach. So the Torah says, aside of the daily Tamid, which is brought Tamid always, on Pesach, you bring a Musaf. And the Torah says, Milvad, the Torah speaks about the Karban Musaf, and then it says that the Karban Musaf is brought aside from Oilas Habayker, the morning Oila, which is the Oila Satamid. Now, if the word Milvad, aside from, is in future tense, then it would mean that first the Musaf is brought, aside from the Karban Tamid, which is brought later, the Karban Tamid of the morning. Hachinami mechlal the Musaf in Bereisha, that we know is not true. Vahatanya, we learned in Abraisa. Minayin, how do we know? Shaloy yehi davar, kaidim l'tamid shal shachar, that nothing comes before the morning Tamid. Right, we don't do anything before we daven. Learning before davening is an order. First of all, it's still dark. It's not morning yet. But even when it's taka morning, we're learning to get connected to godliness, to feel inspired to daven better. So first comes the common Tamid. And how do we know that? Because it says, and here we're quoting a passage in Parshas Tzav, V'arech Oleha Ha'ila, the Torah there is speaking about Obir Oleha Ha'kain, Eitzim, Babayker, Babayker, that before, Taka before, before it got light, the first thing the Kahanam did is that they ran up the altar and they did the mitzvah of the Turma Sadeshin. Right? They took off a little bit of the ashes. And they prepared the logs which was lit upon which we brought the Karbanas. And after they prepared the Ma'aracha, the Torah says, that the Tamid is brought on those logs from where the sages tell us, the Rava told us, that the Oila, which is the Tamid, is the first animal that's put on those logs. The first carbon has to be the carbon Tamid. So you see the words Milvad doesn't mean aside from future tense, it can mean aside from past tense. So what's the proof of Rava? Here, by Asham Gezeloiz, clarifies the Gemara, Amalei, tells Rava to that Medrabanan, to that Tetanayurik student, and no, I didn't learn it from the words Milvad. Milvad can mean most, both future or past. It says, in, uh, here, by Pasha Snasi, in Pasik Ches, it says, Milvad El Hakipurim, Asher Yechaper Boy, Ma'asher Yechaper Boy Nafkelei, which means, that the money has to be given, milvad, aside from, it can go both ways, aside from the asham, that will be provided to atone. Which means the asham will be provided after the money is given. Vadai I mean, the carbon was not yet given. And those words we don't have by the carbon tomit. But So now we have a source in the parsha of Asham Gezeloys that when money has to be given and a carbon has to be brought, first the geld, and then the money. Now the Mishnah says, not only a keren. However, if he gave him the keren, but he didn't yet give the chaimish, and the carbon was brought before the chaimish, that's okay. The carbon did work again. Rashi, as long as the chaimish is brought later. So Now we're quoting a din which is very similar to Rasham Gezelois. Interestingly, both in Vayikra, we said at the end of Vayikra, we have the parsha of Rasham Gezelois. Which, if you look over there in Pedekei, Asham Gezeilis goes from Pasuk Chav to Pasuk Chavav. But a little bit before that, in Vayikra, at the end of Pasha's Vayikra, we have the din of Asham Me'ilois. Asham Me'ilois means that if a person unintentionally misappropriates temple property, and then they are made aware of it, the person has to give back the value of that misappropriation, Keren, 
plus add a chaymish, plus bring a karbanashim. Very similar, keren, chaymish, chaymish. And over there, now those dinim, in Parshas Vayikra, they begin in Pasik Yudalit until Pasik Tez Zion. So there it says in the Braisa, referring to Asham Me'ilois, If a person brings the Keren of the Me'ilois, But he didn't yet bring the Asham. Or the opposite, if a person only brought the Asham Me'ilois, But the person didn't bring the Keren, How do you know Shalom Yatza? You only get atoned if you bring both the Keren and the carbon, Talmud Leimit, it says in Pasik Tezayin, in the parsha of Asham Me'ilois, again we're speaking about Vayikra Perikei, Be'el Ha'asham, V'nislach so Be'el means carbon. Again, normally Asham means carbon. But here also, the word Asham refers to the money of the canon. And let's read inside the Rashi, I think it's around nine lines from the bottom of the Amit, Be'el Ha'asham, V'nislach, in nine line and from going milamata lamaila zokterashi mashma ein slicha ela b'shneim. You only get the slicha if you have both the ale and the asham. Ale k'mashmoi. Here says Rashi the word asham here is keren. Asham does not mean the carbon. Asham means the money. Kidiyalef likaimei. Right again quoting we just quoted Rabbi Harav Shapiro. Likamei means immediately now, not likamon, likamei, that you'll see right now, the Gemara is going to show you that El by Parshas, Ashami Elois, I'm sorry, Asham by Ashami Elois means the Keren. Let's go back in the Gemara. Uminayin, and how do we know? So you have to bring growth. How do you know that if you offer the Karben before you bring the Keren, Me'ila means the Keren. Shuloh Yatza, you are not Yatza, Talmud Laimer, it says, Be'el Ha'asham, which means that the ram that was brought after the asham was already given. Be'el ha'asham bikfar. Notice the ram is brought as a complement to the money. Not the money as a complement to the carbon. Ram complements, meaning first money, then you complement it on top with, in the case a complement comes second. In marriage, sometimes it's good to give a compliment first. By Schad and Oynish. I know my father told me that when his father taught him, Gavaldik in Brazil, when he grew up, sometimes my Zayda Kim and Haga used to hit him. So my father asked, what did I do? He told him, this is credit. This is for later. So, but normally, a compliment and a penalty comes after. Okay, right. Yochel, you would think, Shem She'el Ma'akvim. We're still in the parish of Asham Me'ilois. You would think that if the Me'ila, if the Chaymish was not brought, then the carbon is not good. Talmud Leimer, Be'el Ha'asham V'nis Meaning, if you have the ale, which is the carbon, if you have the Asham, meaning the Keren, you're good, you're atoned. Ayel V'asham Ma'akvim Be'hegdish Ve'ein Chaymish Ma'akiv. Now the Gemara says beautifully, now that the parsha of Asham Me'ilois, in Vayikra Again, Pasik Yudala to Pasik Tezayin, which is right near Asham Gezeilois, our dinim, same parsha, a few psukim later. So we compare, we learn one from the other. We learn dinim of Hegdish from the dinim of Hedyit, Hedyit meaning the robber, sky robs and swears falsely and then admits. And we learn dinim of the Hedyit from the dinim of Hegdish. Asham Gezeilois from Asham Eilois. Explains the Gemara. Hedyit me, hegdish mehedyit, meaning ma asham. That's the lekamei. How do we know that in the parsha Shami Eloi, the word asham doesn't mean the carbon, it means the money. 
That's what we learned here just recently, that in the parsha Hashem Gezeleis, the word Hashem does not mean the carbon Hashem. Because in the same Pasuk where it says that Hashem Hamushav Lashem Lakayin, it says right afterwards, Milvad Elakipurim. The, if Asham means a carbon Asham, then the Pasuk just doesn't make sense. The Asham has to be returned aside of the carbon Asham. Ale is the Haram, that's Avada carbon. It must mean that by Asham Gezeloi, the word Asham means money. So if Asham means money by Asham Gezeloi, the word Asham means money by Asham Me'eloi. Asham the Hasam Kenen, Af Asham Kenen. And the final line, and the Hedyit is learned Mehegdish. That's finally the answer. That just like in Hegdish we learned, Ein Chaymish Ma'akiv, because there it says, as we just spoke out, that Ayil Ha'asham, Ayil Ha'asham, Venislach the Slicha is given just by the Ayil and by the money. Afher Yitnami, Ein Chaymish Ma'akiv. And with this we say that God willing, Hadron Allah, we will return to you, Perek Hagoizel Eitzim. And now with tremendous joy, we are entering the final chapter of Bava Kama, 10th chapter, interesting, in all three Bavas, Bava Kama, Bava Matsiya, we have 10 Prakim. Obviously the Dafam are different. It's also interesting that both Bava Kama and Bava Matsiya has 100 Kufyu Tes Davim, which by the way really means it has 118 Daf. Let's not forget that we start with Daf base, but it ends on Daf Kufyu Tes, Bava Kama ends on Amad Beis, Bava Matsiya ends on Amad Aleph, Habayiz Valiyah, but it's ten prakim. Baba Basra, that is the biggest mesechta in dafim, in words, the biggest mesechta is brachas. But in dafim, it's Baba Basra, kufayin vav. Also has ten prakim. So the tenth chapter of Baba Kama, and it's called Hagoizel Umachil. So let's start the Pedic. The rules here are rules that we learned extensively about. One of, just to mention quickly, one of the dinim that we learned about on Daf Samach Vav, on Daf Samach was whether Yiyush Bichdi Kana, which means that if something belonging to its original owner is now in someone else's possession, let's speak about a case of robbery. If the original owner has Yiyush, either meaning despairing, giving up, he thinks he'll never give it back, he'll never receive it back, and he gave up hope. There are those who hold that that feeling of Yehush will allow the current possessor to halachically acquire it. We are going to learn our Mishnah and the Gemara according to those opinions that hold that Yehush alone doesn't make a kingin. But there are other things that could make a kingin. So we also learned before that the Yehush and the Shinui, that was the beginning of the ninth chapter, if the thing itself changed, then you got a kingin. We're not learning about a Shinui in a change in the article, we're going to be learning about a Shino Yidishos. Yish and Shino Yidishos. So says the Mishnah. umachel asbanav. If a person, God forbid, it robs, and he gives it to his children, or really to a third party. And the question is, is the third party obligated to compensate the owner? Or, or, if a person steals, robs, and he passes away, and v'hiniach lefneim, Seemingly, the first case is that they already ate it. So the article stolen is not Be'en, it's not here. Second case is, it is here, but now it went, to, went through what might be a Shinoi Rishus. I'm saying might be because that will be the topic of today. 
if inheritance is considered a change of domains. Says the Mishnah in both cases, the children, the third party, don't have to compensate the original owner. Obviously, the Goslin does. And a lot more details in every one of these cases in the Gemara. Next case. According to how we'll interpret this in the Gemara, let me just give you a couple of options. Either this means if he stole real estate. If real estate was stolen, real estate is something that has achrayis, because whenever a person has any financial obligations, if they also own real estate during that financial obligation, the real estate becomes leaned to that debt. Alright, that's always. If the person later sells the real estate, that already depends whether, let's say, if it was a loan that was documented, then the creditor can even collect it from the lukuchais. If it wasn't documented, it, he cannot collect it from the lukuchais. But land is the achrayis, is the guarantee for all debts. So one way is that if the gazlan stole land, even if he died, the children have to give back the land. Because really land cannot be stolen. The land is be'en. Another interpretation, depending how we learn the Mishnah is, that im meaning that if the article that the father stole is identifiable, it's recognizable, everyone knows that cow belonged really to Chaim, but Reuven the Ganef, he robbed it. Even after Reuven dies, even though the Mishnah says that once he niach lefneim, it goes down to the next and kin, they don't have to return it, but everyone will see how the Yarshim have an animal that reminds everyone of the father's sin. So, they have to give it back nonetheless. That's another option. And again, let's go. The Gemara is going to beautifully take apart this Mishnah. So, how. If it's something identifiable, even though the father died. And let's say there was Yish and Shinoi Rishos. Nonetheless, the children have to give back that article. And again, this is one way of learning the Mishnah. And here, Pasha, the Gemara is simple. It's a good review. And we'll see how to learn Pshat in the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Omar Avchizda, the number one. That you should know that Gazal v'loi nisiyashu haba'alim. If someone stole an article, it's going to the first case of the Mishnah, and the owners did not despair. Obviously, Avchizda holds, we'll see, throughout the sugya, Yehush alone is nothing. But let's go, if there was no Yehush, and then then a third party came and ate it, says that now that the owner is demanding payment, to who does he go? Says that he can demand payment from whoever he wants. The victim can go to the Gazlan, or the victim can go to the person who actually ate up his food. And what's the reason my Tama explains the Gemara that as long as the owners do not despair, it's considered to be still owned by the victim, by the original owner. So who was the one that actually stole it from him? You can look at it as the one who took it, and you can look at it the one that ate it. Because even though it was in someone else's possession, since he didn't have Yehosh, it's his. Oh, says the Gemara, how can Abchizda say that the victim can demand payment from whoever he wants? L'chura, that's mamash against the first line in the Mishnah. How did the Mishnah begin? That Hagoizel Michael is Banov, and I said, Banov does Lavdavka. 
If a third party ate it, the Mishnah says, the third party is exempt. The only one that's chayiv is the robber. Or, let's learn Pshat in the Gemara that the Kasha is from the Reisha, from the first line. They are exempt. Clearly, a third party is not liable to Yifta the Rabchizda, says Rabchizda, no, that our Mishnah, our Mishnah speaking about that there was Yush. And by the way, now you see clearly, clearly, that Yush in itself is not enough. That's why the Mishnah is speaking about a third party. Very good. So now, like this, Kuwait Abchizda learns the Mishnah. Yush alone doesn't do anything. However, if there's no Yush, then it's still fully considered the owners. So if the owner, which is the victim of the, of the robbery, did not have Yush, then he can demand payment from whoever he wants. He doesn't get paid twice. He can either go over to the robber, you physically took it out of my possession, but halachically it's still in his possession, it's still his. Or he can go over to the person who ate it. Now even though the person who ate it might not even have known, okay, we're not going to penalize him. But the guy who ate it ate up something that belonged to, uh, to the victim. You pay the victim. Who gets to choose? The victim. Our Mishnah is speaking about a case that there was a Yush. Now, Yush alone doesn't do it. But now that a third party ate it, now you have a Shinui Rishus, a Yush and Shinui Rishus, so when they ate it now, it's fully theirs, together. So the only person that wronged here was the robber. So that's why the Mishnah says that after Yush, he can only collect the money from the robber. That's Shittas Rabchizda. We'll see soon in the Gemara. Not everyone agrees with him. Okay. Next case in the Mishnah was if he passed away, the robber passed away, here also, Pturim. Now, we just explained, let's remember this, that according to Rab Chizda, our Mishnah is speaking about there already was Yush. So just like Yush and a Shinui in the object by eating it, means that the third party ate their own, L'chura, that will be the flow of the Mishnah, that the children are not considered simply, like we said yesterday, they're standing in the father's shoes. It's considered a exchange, a change of domain, it belonged to the father, so to say, it was in his domain. Now it went to someone else, it went to his children. Yush and Shinirishus, that would fit also. So now the children don't have to give it back. Why? Because it's fully theirs. There was Yush and Shinirishus. Correct. Now, very good. They exactly, that's what we'll see over here. So we'll see, that's really a machlik So Amar Rami Barchama. Says Rami Barchama, Zoysi Meres. The fact that the Mishnah says that the heirs don't have to give back the article, even though the article is still in existence, is a raya from our Mishnah. That an heir, not like we said yesterday, not like Rava will hold, is an extension of the father. Yerusha can be viewed like we said yesterday. The article doesn't change dom domains. Stays in the Rishus of the father. The children are in the place of the father. These are the words of Moshe Rabbeinu. Rami Bar says, Our Tana holds nisht. No, the articles, whatever the father bequeaths to his children, it's taka being bequeathed, it's being transferred to them. So now you have Yush and Hashin Rishus, which is why the Mishnah makes sense that the children don't have to give it back, even though it's Ben. 
Says Rava, no. Rava Amar, Rishus, Yoyrish, Lav, Kirishus, Likech Dami. There is no Shin Rishus. So hold on. If there's no Shin Rishus, the question is, why don't I have to give it back? So says Rava, it must be that you know when the children don't have to give it back, when they ate it up. So just like in the first case of the mission, the way we just explained, the father didn't die yet. There was Yish, and someone ate it up. That's another Shinui. It changed. It was, and now it's not. The only time the children don't have to give it back is Challenges the Gemara. Ah, ah, that won't work. Why? So let's add the Bach. He adds a letter Vav. Vaha. Midik Tani Seifa. Since the Seifa, the Mishnah ends. Im Hoya Dover Shiesh Bayachrais Hayavam Lushalim. And the Hava mean of the Gemara is that the meaning of this line in the Mishnah. Achrayis doesn't mean what it normally means, but it means that if the article that they stole is identifiable because of Kvoid Avim, they have to give it back. What does that clearly imply? That if the article that they stole is Ben, but it's not identifiable, then they don't have to give it back. According to Rava, that holds that Rishus Yoyrish is not Kirishus Lekeach, he's an extension of the father, and Yush Bechdi Loikane then they should have to give it back regardless. Right, since it says in the Sefer, only then Chayyavim L'Shalem. Michlal, that means that the Reisha, we're speaking about something that is here. The only question is, is it recognizable? Or is it not recognizable? Will the father be dishonored that everyone will be reminded by the children walking around with someone else's cow? Ah, that was the cow that the father stole from someone else. And that goes against Kibbutz And we had a sugi in the Gemara before. The father was not Oisem Maisa Amcha. So we're speaking about a case where the father did tshuva. And we're going to say that that of course the father did tshuva. So they have to honor the parent even though he stole. Before he passed away, he did tshuva. Answers the Gemara Amalach Rava. So therefore, Rava is going to tell you that you did not learn Pshat in the Mishnah correctly. That Hachi Ka'amar, what the Mishnah said, that was the first thing we interpreted when we learned the Mishnah. That Im Hiniach Lehem Nechasim. The Mishnah is not speaking about a movable article that is recognizable. Achrais Nechasim means what it normally means. If, if the father stole land, then they have to give the land back. Because as we spoke out, land cannot be stolen. So therefore, that, has, that, that always remains in the reshus of the owner. How can you learn pshat like this in the Mishnah? When Rebbe was teaching his son Rab Shimon, this Mishnah, he, he touched the Mishnah. He made it clear that our Mishnah is not referring to land. Only the Mishnah, Ella, feel a part of a even if the father stole a cow that's being used, let's say, to plow, or if the father stole the chamoid, umachmer achrav that's being used to guide him and her, the father. And now the father died. And now the children get that putter or get that chamoid, and everyone remembers, ah, that cow really wasn't the father's. That was the cow that he stole from someone else. That's how Rebbe learned the Mishnah. Which means that if the cow is not recognizable, they don't have to give it back. And why would they not have to give it back? Okay, there's Yish. So what? This is a cash against the Rava. If you're going to hold that a Yoyrish is not called another person, if it's not transferred, if there's no Shinri Rishus, then Yish Kadir Loikani. So cash on Rava. 
So Rabbah tells you, Leher Zachayim, if you're going to learn the Mishnah the way Rebbe learns the Mishnah, I'm going to be refuted. But who says that's the way to learn the Mishnah? And look what Rabbah says, it's an interesting expression. Elam Rabbah, that I want you to know, that Kisha Chivna, when I will pass away, Rabbi Shaya Nafik Levasi, Rabbi Shaya, the Tana, had passed away many years earlier. He says, he's going to come to greet me. Why will he come to greet me? Because of this Mishnah. Because I know, Ravah says, that Rebbe learned the Mishnah the way Rebbe learned the Mishnah. But I know that Rabbi Oishayo will learn the Mishnah otherwise. And I learned the way Rabbi Oishayo learned. So in an ex, in expression of gratitude, Rava was keeping Rabbi Oishayo's shita alive. He's going to come and greet me. Why? Because I learned the Mishnah the way he learned the Mishnah. So Rav is saying it's a machlaikis, had a shot in the Mishnah. Between Tanoim. The Tani Rabbi Ishaya, Rabbi Ishaya learned in Abraisa, Hagoy Zulamaychal Uzbanov, the case of our Mishnah, if a person robs and a third party eats it, they are Pturim Elishalim. And what's the Pshat that we're learning? That's because there was Yush. And then you have a Shinoi because he ate it. The fact that he ate it, it changed it. So now the one who's guilty is only the robber. But if but if the article is still here, so says the Brais of Rabbi Shayom, Kayemes, if the Gazel is Kayemes, then Chayovim. What's if the third, if the children take it, they have to give it back. We're going to go back to that in a moment. Kayemes, but if the, if the article is not there, then Paturim. No, as if they ate it. Not, not no recognizable. And then, invited in the price of Rabbi Yishaya, if he left to them, land, being that land gets mortgaged to the debt of the father, so the land is always belonging, so to say, to the victim, so the victim takes what's his. So clearly, you see from the Braisa that doesn't mean a movable that's recognizable. Achrayis nechasim means land. So now it fits with Rava. Yarshim themselves, if they, if they inherit movables, they have to give it back to the victim. I, there was Yish, so what? There's no Shin Because Yerush is not called the Shin Now let's analyze this b'raith. So Omar Mar, the Gemara is quoting, this, and this is going to be a kasha now against Rab Chizda. Don't forget Rab Chizda said in the beginning that our mission is only speaking about a case of Yish. If there's no Yish, then Ratzim Yizegoiva, So Omar Mar, it says in the Brais of Rabbi Shayo that that if what they stole is not here, they are potter. The key is, is it here or is it not here? Because the Havamina of the question is, is that our Braisas even speaking about before Yish, and what did Rabbi Chizda say? That what? That before Yish, if the third party ate it, even though it's not here, they are the, they are the stealers. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Chizda is going to have to tell you that this entire price of Rabbi Yishai is only Lacha Yish. In other words, important. If someone steals something, according to Rabbi Chizda, and the owner didn't have Yish, the victim didn't have Yish, a third party doesn't even know, he came to my house and he ate it. Since there's no Yish, who is the actual Gazlan? The third party. Now, it's not only the third party. He's like innocent, and he didn't know that, there, that a crime happened. But the victim can demand payment from whoever one he wants. The Braisa that says the third party is putted, because the Braisa is speaking about a case, 
So Amar, let's continue. It says right in the Brayso that Gezela Kayemes, that if the item that was stolen is still here, Chayavim L'Shalim, then the third party has to pay. So this, should, this is going to be a kasha against Rami Bar Chama. Why will it be a kasha Bar Chama? Because Rami Bar Chama holds that Yerusha is a Shinu Yerushos. Oh, Adanat. So says Rami Bar Chama, that the Braisa has to be speaking about because if there was Yush and then the father died since Rami holds that Yerusha it's not that the children are in the place of the father but it's being transferred to them you have Yush and Shin then the children inherit so when the Braisa says if that which was stolen is Be'en it must be speaking about Livna whole in second. So let's read the Rashi. So now Rashi is going to say beautifully. Now we discover that Rami Bar argues with Rabchizdom, Livna Yush, Dr. Rashi, that the Shino Yerushus, Yush, yeah, Yerusha is a Shino Yerushus, but a Shino Yerushus without Yush, like honey. Now, the Chi Ein Gezela Kayemes, meaning, if our Braisa, according to Rami Bar Chama, is speaking about Lifnei Yush, so now we got a problem. What's the problem? Problem is that if it's Lifnei Yush, and the Braisa says that if the father died, but the Gezela is still here, Lifnei Yush, they have to give it back. I'm sorry. The Braisa says that if they ate it, that if the Gezela is not Kayemis, then they don't have to give it back. If it's Lifnei Yush, what did Rabbi Chizda tell you? That since it belongs to the original owner, so it must be that Rami disagrees with Rabbi Chizda. In other words, Rami holds that a third party is never liable. There's a logic to that also. Why are they never liable? Because they never knew they're doing a sin. Words, even though it's Lifnei Yush, which means it really halachically, the words of Rabchizda, Berushu say the Marei Kohen. So they, they were the ones that halachically stole it. Rami disagrees with Rabchizda. Since they did not know, even though again it's Lifnei Yush, if it's not Be'en, Peturim Elushal, delay slave the Rabchizda. That's the beautiful thing here. So now we see from Rabbi's statement, based on the, if he has to learn the Brayse Lifnei Yush, it chaps, he disagrees with Rabchizda. So we have this new, this is the Machlaikas we'll leave off with. In other words, if someone stole something and the article still belongs to its owner, it's in my possession, God, if I'm the robber, God forbid, and I invite you to my house and you eat it, Rami holds, you are not liable. What did you know? You, 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 you took it from me. Rabbi Chizda says, no. If the owner had Yush and you ate it, then you're not liable. But if the owner did not have Yush, since halachically it's mamish his, then one of us is liable. Who gets to choose the victim? That's the sheet of Rabchizna Emir Tzashem to be continued.